Hello. Can anyone around here speak basketball? It's the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. Welcome to the Confederacy of Dunks Basketball Podcast. I am your host. Freddie Rivas. And who, sir, are you? Well, on my birth certificate, it says Matt Duncan with a few on the end. And I'm the producer and I am here and I'm having a good time. Fred, how are you doing? I'm also here. I'm also having a good time. We had a wonderful pod today. Absolutely. Uh, Catherine Niker, one of our favorite guests, joins us uh, as well as Vong Show. Yeah. We talk about... um, Theme parks, uh, the 10 seed, um, uh, the play in and uh, Zion narratives. Uh, it was a pretty fun time. Yeah. Yeah. Um, you know, we right, are... I'll see you later. Yeah. Fred, <laughs> I'll take it from here, I guess. Just, just kidding. No, um, uh, Matt, you know, yeah. People need to know that's, yeah. that's why we're both feeling that people need to know. How they can help us, how we can grow all those podcast right, goods, right, right. Matty, Give them the info. Yeah, I've got a bit of info here, guys. Bear with me. We'll get through it fast. Uh, the The easier you pay attention, the easier I have a time of doing this. Slick. Understand? <laughs> Go to dunkspodcast.com. That is our website there. We have all our episodes. You can listen on our website or you can go to the sonarnetwork.com. That's the podcast network that we are a part of. And yes, Vong is on our show today. Welcome to the network, Vaughn. He has the Rice Asian Movies podcast. That is, uh, well, now that you're listening to it on Wednesday, it came out yesterday. So it's up. It's ready to go. Make sure you check out his podcast and then also check out ours there too. Okay. We yeah, got yeah. all kinds of links set up. Uh, you know, I love talking about those. Uh, you know, I'm a, a bit of a, a podcast environmentalist, so I plant these link trees and, uh, you know, we get as much as we can out of them. You want a toque? We got our Shopify link there. You know, you want to go to the Sonar Network? We got a button for that too. Our YouTube, we do have this now on the YouTube. People are starting to like that whole vibe too. Who knows? Well, who knows what the future holds for the Confederacy of Dunks on YouTube? And uh, yeah, you know, just subscribe, rate wherever you can. We really appreciate it. And, you know, nothing but love, guys. We really uh, appreciate it. And I got nothing but love for you, Mr. Linktree, uh, the snowblower god that you are, audio master. Yeah, yeah. Um, uh, I'm lucky to have you. You're you're a pro. You're you're mind body. <laughs> you know, it's uh, we're having a good time here. Yeah, yeah, um, yeah. But you know, just uh, get a little bit serious before we we jump into basketball talk. The uh, verdict for the trial of Derek Chauvin uh, came through, uh, guilty on all charges. Um, I think I just want to say, sure, there's a bit of a sigh of relief, but also it's frustrating that you know any form of accountability feels so rare. Um, and I guess also a little bit encouraging that a little bit of justice, some justice was able to be achieved, uh, whether, you know, you know, at least in the form of a symbol, uh, mm-hmm. in, in this moment, uh, obviously there's just so much more work to do. Um, but, uh, it's, you know, it's a good thing. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'll say stop Asian hate black lives matter, email your city counselors and defund the police. And with that, I think we are basically good to get this pod rolling. Maddie, if you feel like we're good to go, please, sir, just give me those sweet words. Okay. Okay. Okay, 
Okay, sweet. Uh, I'm very excited and ready to go, ready to talk some ball. Uh, bringing uh, back to the podcast, she's a very frequent guest. She's the most frequent guest. She's the original Nick Nurse, just lover of all kinds. She predates Fisherman's Friends. She's a writer for amazing, a million things, and the host of Buckets and Tea podcast. Give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone. For Catherine Niker. (laughs) Hello, hello. (laughs) Hello, hello. How are you? I'm great. How are you? I'm feeling pretty good. Um, I'm excited to have you back, uh, as always. Always happy to be here, buddy. Sweet. Um, let's just like let's just keep this train moving and let's bring on guest number two and let's start talking. Let's start talking ball. Um, this is uh, their first time on the podcast. I'm very, very excited. They are joining the uh, Sonar Podcast Network with their podcast, Rice Asian Movies Podcast. Give it up. Uh, uh, give it up as loud as you can, even if you're at home alone for Vong Show. Okay, this is pretty cool. (laughs) Loved it. It gave me some Rocky vibes. (laughs) Yeah, I I was going to say, how was that for you? Did it feel like it fit? Because you can't ever get rid of it. (laughs) (laughs) I will dance to anything. I I love that was the inspirational. I feel like I could see my in my brain. I'm doing like some type of a training montage to that music. I was going to say it felt very trainy. I was like, I had like a comic book picture in my head, like not like Sin City, but like someone doing layups. So like, and like, there's like thunderbolts mm-hmm. going in between, you know? Yeah. I got more of like a Marvel Avengers vibe from it. Mm-hmm. Okay. Fair enough. Fair I got, enough. I got more of like sailing on a whale's back through the ocean. Wow. Okay. So Matt, yeah, is, uh, you know, Matt's a snowblower kind of guy. He's off in his own, <laughs> he's off in his own space and that's absolutely, you know, welcome on the show. Um, Vong, thanks for joining. I'm, you know, super pumped to have you. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I am so obsessed with the Raptors. I was there for their championship run and got to see a few games in those playoffs. And I'm just like so pumped to be talking about them, even in, I guess they're like what the, the, the Tampa Raptors this year, but I'm, I'm still following them. I don't care. I don't care. (laughs) Great. Great. That's the attitude. We're, we're hardcore here. Uh, Highs and lows. We're still, we're still going to be maniac fans. Um, Mm -hmm. But yeah, I think without any further ado, Matt, I know you're there. I've already seen you. Please, good sir, give me your most delicious Raptors sting. This sting goes out to the top undrafted player in Raptors history. Aaron Bynes. That's all I know. It's one of the longer stings. I was like, are we here for the whole anthem? <laughs> no, you, but do Matt I really stand? Wants, what do I do? Matt really, yeah, I know. I, I feel like I should stand, but yeah, Matt really wants you to get a sense of, uh, you know, Australian pride before the, well, <laughs> well, you know, kicks in. <laughs> um, thank you, Matt. Uh, I appreciate it. We know that, uh, you know, from, from data tracking that over 80% of listeners to this podcast um, listen specifically for the stings. They actually <laughs> fast forward through the conversation, listen to the stings and, and yeah. peace on out. Um, so cheers to them. Thank you very much. Uh, let's, um, let's go to you first, Catherine. Uh, and um, I'm just going to frame it like this, you know, uh, listeners of the pod know I'm, I'm, I'm anti-tanking, but there's a bunch of nuance and I'm always willing to explore. But I think I want to frame this question this way. What's so bad about the 10th seed? I mean, it's a good question. Um, But the answer is it's terrible. It's stupid. And, um, you know, we're not the kind of team that is like young and new and up and coming and hasn't been in the playoffs for a long time. Like, 
I'm anti-tanking as well, but a higher draft pick is more useful for us at this point than a potential play-in, playoff, first-round exit. Like, it just is what it is. And I'm sure, like, these guys, as much as they were like, yeah, we're going to be in Florida, we're going to be somewhere where it's warm, we're not going to be in cold Canada, which I'm sure they were all saying behind our backs, I bet they can't wait to get the hell out of Tampa. I think they're done with Tampa. They're done. I think there is definitely a we're done with this place vibe for sure. Mm-hmm. Um, I feel like that, that you know, at post-trade deadline really started to settle in um, and kind of this, yeah, this just like this, this gross vibe to the season, this relentless vibe. Uh, we've had Fred coming out um, this week kind of commenting on, just uh, you know, pushing forward for profits vibe of this season, and and how hard that's felt. Um, and you know, yeah, I mean, I, I, I think that's valid. Like uh, the the idea that um, our our team does have playoff experience, I think there's truth there. You know, uh, depending on what you think of the core going forward, Fred. Um, yeah, OG, I mean, I, I like OG Fred. to a lesser extent, and and Pascal, I've had deep runs because, like, the thing with OG, right? He's got that those two series against um, Brooklyn and Boston, mm-hmm. and then the Cleveland series, and that's it. Because OG wasn't part of the whole run, so he's someone I think I'd love to see in any type of pressured scenario. Um, Oh, yeah, I, mean, I don't know, know man. I, he's already proved he can crush it <laughs> yeah, in a shot. in a in a tough scenario. Like I don't know. I don't think OG has anything to prove. Certainly not to me. Like and going back to like Fred's statement, what I at least like in that statement, he took like accountability. He was like, "Well, we voted for it, so he can't complain." And I'm like, "Well, I'm glad you added that in there." You know, like because yeah, for sure. Yeah. You know, like the the players did vote on this season. Like, so there is, uh, I mean, there is sometimes a tone that like, they're just having to, having to do this no matter what. I mean, like at the same time, it is a union. Fred could have voted against it and still lost and still be playing. Cause you know, that's how the, sure that's how that works. So I think, and also players, I think often are frustrated about things and still have to do them anyhow. Like, you know, we saw that with the beginning of the season with LeBron and, you know, Danny Green being like, we don't know if we'll start around Christmas. And it's like, you did exactly start around Christmas because, you know, money is the main driving force of the league. Um, Vong, sorry, you know, I feel like we should, we should jump to yeah. you here. Uh, how, how do you feel about the 10 seed or, or, or furthermore, like, what do you think, um, what, what's so bad about the 10 seed? Do you agree with Catherine? It's kind of like not useful for this team. I don't know. I don't really see anything, anything bad about it. I feel like the only thing is our draft positioning, but I feel like as soon as we decided to not trade Kyle Lowry, I'm like, we got to go for it. This could be our last Kyle Lowry run. I don't want to go down in flames. Like even if it's just one last Kyle Lowry playoff moment, um, just give, just give him that chance to go out on top for us. Um, And especially Kyle Lowry in like a, you know, you know, a one game to advance kind of situation where it's not a series. You never know what, what he's going to do. Um, I also think too, with uh, we were talking with, with the, with, with the playoff experience, I think, you know, even though Pascal got a lot of uh, playoff experience during our championship run, mm-hmm. he really, you know, failed when he had like more responsibility last year. Yeah. And I just feel like, he does need more reps and especially cause this year he's missing all these like late game shots. And then yep. he's arguing when he's not being put in late in the game, but like, dude, you missed like five late game shots. So maybe if you made one, then we would put you in at the end of the game. So like, I, I feel like he kind of needs those reps in it. And then finally with like the draft position, of all people, I, I, I just trust Masai um, Ujiri so much that I don't think our draft positioning matters as much as other teams. Like, he's going to turn, you know, like assets into better assets. Like, he'll turn Norm Powell into Gary Trent. He'll turn, uh, you know, Andrea Bargnani into into a Jakob Podol, into eventually Kawhi Leonard. I mean, that's, um, the, that's the wild one, yeah. The, the, yeah. What you do, if you start with Bargnani, this just like, a, it's cartoonish, like jaw drop with Masai. Sorry. Yeah, like, like everybody thought we would have to give up a first rounder to get a Bargnani, to get rid of him. And instead we got a first rounder back 
which then turn into Kawhi or a part of the package for Kawhi. That's crazy. So for me, like the actual, whether we're like one more space up or one more space down, I don't think that's worth losing our final run with, with, uh, with Kyle. Just, just my opinion. I, I, I totally, no, no, it's, uh, but I, I think like, you know, um, I've definitely been someone who is who is this whole season kind of been pretty stubbornly steadfast, like trying to, you know, I mean, I think this team has a lot of skill, which is why I think fans are also seeing it's difficult for them to tank like Detroit, yeah. Cleveland, um, uh, uh, Washington. Like there, there are some teams that compared to the Raptors are even more bereft <laughs> of talent. And when they're trying to lose or Orlando, when they're trying to lose, they're better at it than we are. And yeah, we've seen a couple scenarios where we've rested close to our five best players mm-hmm. um, and, and still won. And, you know, I think like, obviously we're, we're coming up against Brooklyn. So those, those types of games will be easier to lose. I think for me is uh, I, I'm still stuck on, I would prefer seeing Utah, Paul Watson, Birch, anybody, Flynn, get any type of like playoff reps, even though there's still, you know, I think the Tampa thing is very, very fair. I think it's fair for Raptors fans to be like, this isn't, I don't relate to this. I don't really want this. I don't care about this. I just don't think that like there's a restart thing. Like I think it's all kind of a time-based continuum. So if they miss a play in game this summer that's irreplaceable that's come and gone and it's one of those things that like you just can't have it and i think like getting swept in you know if they were to advance is is diminished in a way that i just don't really agree with like if we get swept by let's say brooklyn or philly and it exposes pascal to such a degree then we've learned that and we have that this summer and we can work with that. I don't know adjust. if I, I don't know if I agree with that. Cause haven't we learned this with Pascal already? Well, yeah, but players grow and change like, you know, similar to DeMar uh-huh. and Lowry, like Lowry uh-huh. had a pretty horrible start to his playoff career. Mm-hmm. And he kind of like grew and the system, we surrounded him with better players. Finally, he got like a, you know, mega lead in Kawhi. Um, you know, even a guy like Birch, you know, I think you're going to see something from him as opposed to just, you know, I, 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 I guess for me, there's not really a um, an injection or a way to say, hey, now we're trying. It's, it's a habit and it's a continuous habit. And sure, a couple of our best players have it in, in Fred. Like that's a guy I assume, you know, as close to an on off switch, but. The other guys, I'm like, there's nothing replaces. There's a reason these guys play basketball every single day of their lives, because it's like it's one of those things. You just have to do it as much as possible. Yeah, like Um, I, I think like like for me, I will like just to clarify, like I'm not even against tanking. I'm just saying we can't tank halfway. Once you decide to keep Kyle Lowry, then we're not going to out tank these other teams. Like to me, if we're in asset acquisition, you know, trade Kyle Lowry and then tank. But if we're doing it halfway, we're keeping him. but then we're, we're not trying to get into the 10th seat. It just sort of seems like we're playing it both ways. And that's just like the worst of both worlds. Yeah. It's, I agree it's, with that. It is kind of like this this tough spot where, you know, the team didn't know exactly what it was as well. And, you know, there's been some disappointment and there's been some COVID at a pretty rough time. And I think where I'm at as far as like the tanking type of thing, I like that we're prioritizing rest straight up. So for me, then it's just all excitement. It's like I love that OKC game. I think that that's like irreplaceable for Malachi. Um, And I think like, you know, Trent or whomever, like those types of things I think are really kind of like important even later into the season. Like, you know, I've watched a couple OKC Orlando and Cleveland games and it's like, no one's learning anything there. No one's getting better (laughs) and they're hoping for a savior and maybe they'll get one, but um, yeah. And there's also the seating thing too, as far as like um, percentages, so that's kind of tough for me playing. Uh, I mean, you know, hey, fair enough. I, I got to read the room, room here, too. And I think Raptors fans are having a tough time watching this team. 
don't know yeah, if that's fair. I, I think for me, that's kind of more what it is. Like, I just, this season barely feels real to me. Mm. And I think there's a part of me that just wants it to end and wants <laughs> totally. to, like, pick it up in, in, in better times, if I'm being completely honest. And, like, like what no, we were saying before yeah. with, with Pascal, I was like, I understand, like... I understand your point about him like needing reps and stuff, but I'm like, maybe this guy really needs a break because mm. it's not like, you, you know, with Demar and Kyle, like, Oh, they had some bad playoff runs in the past. And then they came back strong. Like this guy has not been where he was a year ago in a year. So mm. like, I, you know, it's, so to me, it's not the same scenario. That's I fair. think from an internet trolling perspective, the last thing this guy needs is another like exposure of the playoffs. So, I mean, I'd love to be wrong. Like I would love to be wrong, <laughs> but that's why I'm kind of sitting like, it's so funny that I feel like our dynamic has turned into me being the villain of this pod. Oh my but, God, <laughs> this episode, but I just, I just feel like, I don't know. I'm not convinced that this is something we need like for the really young guys like Malachi and Utah and stuff like yeah I can see the benefit there for sure but they're also surrounded by really good vets who have been there and like I I don't know I'm not I'm just not fully convinced but I agree with Vong about Kyle like it's just weird I know we've talked about the whole Kyle trade and I'm sure you've gone Mm -hmm. you know through it a lot on this pod but like it is still weird that they didn't trade him and a part of me just from a fan perspective feels like we already had this like pretty dramatic goodbye moment Mm -hmm. so I don't know like I guess we'll have a like if we are in the play-in we'll have a second goodbye moment because we all know realistically he's likely not coming back see I disagree with that you think he's coming back I think that's kind of Raptors just it's similar to me as like the certainty that Masai isn't coming back. It, to me, it kind of speaks well, more of like Raptors fan anxiety. Like, but he sold his house. Oh, he sold. Okay, I mean, hey, hey if you if you want to get lost in Toronto real estate, fair enough. Like that to me is a bit too wild. But I think like yeah, the, the if, he, if he's still at his house, I'd be like Kyle staying. To, to me, the the certainty that he's gone is, is almost identical to the certainty that he was going to be traded. And the reality is pretty similar as well. I I think the reality is that Kyle is, is like as an idea was so perfect for so many teams, but when it came to what he was, uh, what he wanted, they were hesitant. And I think that part of Kyle's personality is that he's particular. And I think that's going to play out this off season. I think he's going to want, I mean, I've said this before in the pod, but I think he's going to want things that other teams are going to think that they want. And when it gets close to making a deal, they'll say, wait a second, how much do you want? 25? Um, no. You know, and I think that that sort of thing is going to kind of bring him back to his perfect place, Toronto, or a sign and trade. That's if I had to make a guess. I don't see him not working with Masai. Um, like just like kind of like leaving. And again, if he does for me, you just can't really, I don't know. You can't really break him down to like a lost asset when you've won a championship. Like that's why you do anything. And we clear up the cap space. Like I just figured we don't don't trade him because the cap space is worth more than what (laughs) was being offered. A hundred percent. Like, and I think, you know, you'll never know exactly who or what was fully offered, you know, like maybe there was more value than, than, than I know. I I just remember the Philly Miami trades. I was like, you know, anyways, you know, this is a bit of a relitigation. Sorry. Yeah, I know. No, I think that it's, it's similar to the DeMar trade. It's one of these like, or the Vince like leaving, this is going to be one of these big moments, right? Like I think how we won, a championship eventually. And then also this like step off the mountaintop, there's going to be these kind of like big pivotal moments that people that end up being kind of like a sort of conjecture. Like I've said a million times, I think the Raptors win a championship. If we trade Kyle instead of DeMar, we win a championship if we don't fire Casey. Um, So that's pure conjecture, right? So it's kind of like, I do honestly believe that. And there's people who believe, I know. Yeah. That's yeah, my. Uh, I, I don't. I don't. I, I. I definitely don't believe either of those things. But hey, 
<laughs> we're, we're, we're fans, you know, we gotta, we gotta let it out. Yeah, I don't know. Like, you know, I've, yeah. I don't know. It's not the it's not the point of this episode, but I I definitely feel like everything lined up perfectly, and I think most so, yeah. definitely without Kyle Lowry and with Demar Derozan instead, I think that's no, that's game over. That's not even happening, even with Kawhi. Fair enough. Um, and again, like you know, I I don't want to go into arguing my like conjecture based point because it's like you know. About a bunch of hypotheticals, so I'll jump back onto my own questions. Um, But (laughs) uh, yeah, Vong, um, this is kind of just like a Raptors role player looking Uh into the future base question. Um, But we've extended Freddie G, uh, who's. Mm -hmm. Looked okay, like he's a 10-day contract. Uh, Mm -hmm. It looks like he deserves another 10-day contract. Um, Paul Watson obviously came back from uh, his, uh, you know, like whatever happened to him. I do believe it was COVID as well, unfortunately. Um, Had that massive game. And Utah has been given an NBA contract. I don't know the exact details of the contract. I assumed it's sort of like a minimum non-guaranteed, very low end um, type thing. Um, but yeah, just kind of looking into the future, who do you think is going to be, um, yeah, who's going to have the best NBA career out of those three? Well, I think, you know, and this is going to be very on brand for me, but people are going to think that I'm biased because I usually am. But of course, I'm going to have to go with, uh, with, with, uh, with, with, uh, with uh, Utah uh, Watanabe, uh, you know, my, my fellow uh, East Asian. I think um, for, for a lot of reasons, he's, he's six foot nine, you know, good height for a forward, but he moves more like a small forward. So he can, he's got the speed to cover small forwards um, or a lot of small forwards. And he's got the, the height and length to cover a lot of power forwards. He has that versatility. He's shown good hustle. He's shown that he can he can uh, shoot shoot the three ball to space the floor for us, mm-hmm. um, you know, and even and even if you project out his his blocks and his steals to uh, to forty eight minutes or, or thirty six minutes whatever it's though they're they're pretty 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 good and I would say even more than that even more than on the stat side is he's the only one of the three that when our whole team was healthy he made the rotation on a healthy Raptors team. And even during the off season to make our roster, he beat out legitimate NBA players like Rondé Hollis Jefferson. Like he took his spot and Rondé Hollis Jefferson, I thought he played good for us last year. So uh, that's when, Me too. Uh, yeah, that's when uh, you took uh, caught my attention. It was like, Oh, he literally just beat out a real NBA player to make this team. Um, I think Freddie G, you know, too early to tell, but you know, this six game start to his career is like probably about as good as he would have, um, you know, in his wildest dreams. Um, you know, I don't think it's, it's super sustainable, but who knows? He's so young. It's just, you know, it's, it's tough to know after, after just six games, but you know, I would say he might have similar potential, but he hasn't proven it yet. Um, and, uh, you know, uh, PWJ, I think, I don't know. I'm, I'm not big on him. I know he had that, that big game recently, or was it like 30 points or something? But I don't know. You look over the past couple of years, he's had like, what, two, three of those games and every other game he's been terrible. It's just not consistent enough. I'm not even sure how long he'll be like in the NBA to tell you the truth. Um, And that's sort of my ranking of those three. Hey, uh, fair enough. I think I'm probably a little bit higher on uh, Paul Watson Jr. Only because I think he was um, he was he was scratching the surface of the rotation as well. Um, when, when the Raptors were a bit healthier, uh, Freddie G was, yeah, a little bit of a throw in to this question. And I think it is kind of early to tell. Um, yeah. What about you, Catherine? Where, where are you at on like, you know, just if you had to kind of project these players out and take a guess. Yeah. Look, I Vong, there is no, 
uh, East Asian bias here. Utah is already a legend. He is absolutely the one that will have the best NBA career out of these three. No doubt about it. He's already in a poster. Sure, it's not like he's on the other end of the poster, but a poster nonetheless. He is in in Walmart's all across Minneapolis. Okay, like he is already it. So it's definitely Utah. Walmart. <laughs> Sorry. I just like I got that so much later and I was like, oh my God. Anyways, great job. <laughs> I think with uh with Freddie G look, like this is just I mean, look, he's had a good six games, you know, for for who he is. But this is absolutely Raptor fandom clinging <laughs> to any kind of optimism that could possibly exist currently. You know, like we I feel Raptors fans, generally speaking, pretty desperate. We lean desperate. <laughs> we don't have any chill whatsoever. We have no chill. No way. And so you get Freddie Gillespie, who I joked here that he sounds like a baseball player from a hundred years ago. He and really does. he really does. And people like, oh, you have a decent game. We love you, man. Like it's just, it's so it's it's a lot. It's a lot. But good for him. Good for him for having a good showing out. He got a second 10 day. Uh well earned. Thanks for giving us something. Uh, this from that position, oh my god! Thank, thanks, yeah, and and Paul Watson Jr. Like, I don't, I don't have any strong opinions on him. Like, you know, with these players that are kind of on the fringes of the NBA, like I, I, I always hope for the best. I hope they'll land somewhere. Like, but yeah, it's still his NBA career. I would say is still kind of up in the air. Probably with Freddie Gillespie too. Oh, well, yeah, I would say Freddie Gillespie is like very much he's like still in that, like just knocking on the door as like this uh, reliable figure. Um, yeah, Paul Watson, I think, is on his way to being like, like yeah, maybe I'm a bit yeah higher than 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 you two. I, I think he is an NBA player. I think he you know, I think the G League is also starting to mimic the NBA a lot more, both in like system and spacing. And he's like shot extremely well at that level. I mean, we had Malcolm Miller who also was like that. So, you know, sometimes it doesn't work out, but also I think there is some kind of crossover. We should have kept Malcolm Miller. That's a hot take. Ooh, I mean, <laughs> whoa, that's a, that's a wild take, you know, that's such a deep, like, Hey, we keep Malcolm Raptors Miller <laughs> back to back rings. Okay? <laughs> There's no way we lose to Boston. I, I actually, I actually have no Miller idea. If that's, I have no idea if that's accurate or not, but I feel like for the people who listen to this podcast, that would get under their skin. With the Malcolm Miller? Yeah, that we should have kept Malcolm Miller. <laughs> yeah, you know, people are, I mean, I, I already can feel like the angry texts that are going to come me and Matt's way. Yeah. Um, because people text our personal phones every time they listen <laughs> to the pod. Part of the Patreon package. <laughs> it's yeah, it's really intense. It's, it's pretty invasive. Um, okay, let's, uh, yeah, uh, let's start. Uh, Matt, please come on in. Uh, and... Catherine, uh, I think, yeah, I want to start with you on this just like kind of weird, silly question. Uh, if you had to design a theme park based on a particular current Raptors player, uh, a la like, you know, Dollywood uh, for Dolly Parton, who is it? And give me a sense of the park. OK, so I kind of messed this up. Because you sent us these questions in advance and I thought it was just a ride, not an entire park. That's okay because I think a whole park can be designed around a ride and my questions are Because it makes sense for the park to be the Raptors and then individual rides. But nonetheless, when you hear mine, it's yours is going to be better. So don't No, Mine's easily the worst. I, (laughs) I already know that um, because I already messed up the question. Nice. Um, So my ride. So look, I know I'm bending a lot of rules here. First of all, I messed up the question. Second of all, you (laughs) said players, but we all know I'm the Nick nurse stand. You do you, you know, you're not messing anything up. Okay. You're perfect. So I can't, so it's a, it's a bad name, but you just got to hear me out. It's for now. It's okay. Temporary title called nurse. Okay. 
<laughs> and what it is, it's a it's a it's a maze. It's a giant maze. There's a lot of lasers. There's even more jazz. Okay, so there's a lot of lasers. There's a lot of jazz music. You gotta nice. get through the maze, and at the end, a real life nurse. <laughs> Gives you the vaccine and the accounts play you out. Whoa. Wow. Wow. No fisherman friends, eh? <laughs> sure, you can. Yeah, yeah, sure. There's fisherman's friends at the end. Um, I beg to differ. That is not just a ride. That's an experience. That's, That's an experience. That's a way of life. Yeah, um, well, just like Nick Nurse's coaching. <laughs> Uh, that's amazing. When you said the Nursatron, I went straight to Gravitron, but this is much more like, you know, mm. seemed like fun housey. Yeah. Yeah. More uh, okay, Vong. Um, what's up? Do you got a, uh, yeah. you got a theme park? Yeah, I was thinking about this. I was going back and forth, but I decided to go with uh, with uh, OG Anunobi, and the experience is going to be called... Uh, it's going to be called a uh, wannabe OG and uh, <laughs> it's about reliving the greatest NBA shots in history. So you'll actually have like uh, a basketball Ooh. court and they'll set up the play. We'll have actors playing the other players in the correct jerseys. And then you okay. get to relive the OG Anunoby shot. They'll like throw it to you. You get to attempt this shot. If you make this shot, all the actors will like run and crowd you uh, the same way. Like you just <laughs> made that shot. And then, <laughs> and then this is amazing. <laughs> and then for bonus points, like we'll have a reporter come after and you get to give your quote. You could re-say OG's quote um, or you can make up your own. And I think, you know, you could do this for OG shot. You could also, you know, choose to uh, relive the uh, the uh, Kawhi Leonard shot, um, you know, try and uh, redo the Kawhi Leonard crouch. We'll have like photographers there to try and get <laughs> you to redo the moment. And then, you know. You can try to relive the Kawhi Leonard ha 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 moment as well. So it's just sort of like this whole thing. You know, you could do like, you know, shit. you could do like that Paul Pierce, uh, I called game shot. You oh, just, it's yeah. just all this shit. It's like the shot being swarmed and then the reporter shit. That's my thing. Wanna be OG. Um, that's fantastic. And it seems like with virtual reality potentially like imminent in a Realistic, cineplex yeah. near us. Will you cast um, me as Kate Burness? <laughs> Done. Thank um, you. <laughs> will you cast me as Gravis Vasquez, who somehow's in the bubble and like hanging out? Because <laughs> uh, I'll do that shimmy. You know what I mean? Like with a mask or like whatever need. Um, okay, Matt, uh, what's up? To tell yeah. us about, you know, however you interpreted my question. Well, I thought about it. I tried to be as realistic as I could because, uh, you know, I, I care a lot about this player, obviously, through the year. Big, lumbering players that don't do much, I care about them. And uh, so I'm, th I'm thinking about Aaron Baines here. I know. Okay. You, know. you know I'm talking about Aaron Baines. I know okay. it's going to be Baines World. Let me tell long. you, <laughs> Baines World. Fuck, that's good, too. <laughs> that's good, too. Um, but th this is, okay, look, when I was a kid, I grew up uh, north of Toronto, and, you know, we had our own thing, uh, like type of Chuck E. Cheese, and it was called Wally B. World. And Wally B. World was a kangaroo, my... He was the mascot, right? And it shut down in the late '90s. So, in my Is this mind, animatronic stuff. No, it's just like a Chuck E. Cheese, but it's it. You know, it's called Wooly B World, and it shut down. But Bynes, he's gonna buy that franchise and bring it back. And the good thing about it, and I, what I remember about the games and stuff there, and he's gonna run this. He's gonna be making the pizza in the back. Uh, nothing really worked well in that place. You always, everything was a bit broken. Uh, mm -hmm. When you'd win a game, you wouldn't get the tickets printed properly. You couldn't go and get your troll doll at the gift counter. So I think it kind of goes hand in hand. And, you know, it could still be Wally Bay World, Mike, but the B is Bynes. So Wally Bynes World. And uh, I think it is a great, you know, he should start thinking about his post-NBA career now. And I don't think there's no better place to to think about doing that than Newmarket, Ontario. 
So <laughs> wow. So your yours is basically just a just a, a brief history of Wally B World and a slight rebrand. Yeah, that's okay. it. Um, no worries, no worries. Wow. Um, uh, a little piece of history there yeah, from uh, piece of from new Maddie market D. history for uh, the listeners. Uh, well, mine, you know, I, I think I might still be in the running for the very worst idea. Uh, mine, uh, you know, I'm trying to celebrate uh, one of our new players, uh, Kem Birch. Uh, the name kind of got me going, Birch Falls. So there's a lot of, you know, type of mill towns <laughs> in Ontario and, and, and places that were, you know, former industry that have kind of like they're smaller now and a little bit like decrepit. And I feel like there's also a lot of like marijuana revitalization products or projects where it's kind of like the head into a town and like, oh, it used to be like a mill town. Well, we can use some of these buildings to produce marijuana. So this is like a marijuana based kind of like mill there's a couple rides and you know they grow and educate about marijuana and um yeah birch falls i don't know if he likes weed i don't know anything about ken birch to be honest but i was just thinking there's a montreal ottawa thing there and i know that is um, such a long walk for you to just smoke a joint it, it, it really is it really is um but at the end of that walk ken birch is there and he's like what do you think of birch falls you know what I mean? and you're like i don't get it and he's like me either <laughs> um, <laughs> wow. Okay, I think uh, I think we've got silly enough uh, with, with some. What's that? I said that was a fun one. Thank you. Yeah, no, um, I went way overboard on that. I was drawing a little diagrams. Oh my yeah, god! I really, I really got into it. No, th- thank so you elaborate. all for interpreting my question uh, in the ways <laughs> that you did. You know. Yeah. Um, okay, let's uh, let's do some NBA <laughs> stuff. Maddie, please, good sir, give me that most delicious NBA sting. Boxing, massage you, Jerry. I haven't heard this one in a bit. Meow. <laughs> <laughs> Um, that sometimes is accompanies it. Okay. Uh, Catherine. Um, now this is a, you know what? Everything's a bit of a walk, uh, with me. Uh, this one's also a bit of a walk. Cheers. Uh, now in the past couple days, uh, there's been some Zion talk and let me tell you what, I don't like it. I don't like it one bit. So in an interview, he was asked a question, I guess, about um, liking Madison Square Garden and like pretty much any player that's ever played in the NBA. They love Madison Square Garden. It's one of the meccas of basketball. Uh, So, of course, he's like says something complimentary about it. Well, I do believe that activated the like media switch to start talking about for sure. Is it too early? I don't know. Is Zion going to go? And I got to say, having watched this happen with so many players recently, including Anthony Davis from New Orleans, like many years before his, you know, extension and stuff. It's just frustrating. And I think that, you know, I get it from like a, from GMs. Like I get the Clippers tampering with the Raptors. I kind of get it from that competitive standpoint. I really don't get it from the NBA marketing standpoint. Like I don't get it. Why ESPN is so hell bent on the kind of like trying to stack together, you know, four or five, six or seven teams. And you know, New Orleans is exciting. I, it just is, it's a, it's a bit of a downer to me that like, that's not enough and that there can only really, get excited by this idea of Zion being in a bigger market. And the reason I say it's a campaign is because first Adrian Wojnarowski kind of comes out with the like, Oh, I don't know. Should I say this? And then now Ryan Windhorse, it's like a, I haven't listened to it, but it's a subject on his whole podcast. So obviously they're starting that dance and, um, yeah, I, I don't even know exactly what my question is. Oh, oh, sorry. Yeah, uh, I, I should look at it again. <laughs> Catherine, is this type of conversation damaging or am I just freaking out and it's kind of like harmless fun? No, I mean, ultimately, like, 
look, Zion can say whatever he wants. If he likes New York, he likes New York, right? Uh, everybody loves playing in Madison Square Garden. Like, that's not new. But, I mean, if he left, theoretically, if he left the Pelicans to go to the Knicks, like, yes, that's bad for the league. I mean, think about how awful that would be for New Orleans. Like, imagine being... In New, Orleans, in New Orleans, being a fan of the Pelicans, going through this, like, I think, um, gosh, am I uh, going far back? Like, didn't this happen with, like, Chris Paul? Yep. It's and like then they got that with Anthony Davis and, and now with Zion. And, like, the Zion thing was there to make up for Anthony Davis leaving the way that he did. Like, I know people are like, okay, yeah, league's not rigged, whatever, whatever. You can, Okay, fine. Like, sure. But like, let's be... Yeah, you're not convinced. Yeah. I, I mean, I think it's like reality TV. It's like you're letting things play out, but you'll move the needle a little bit here and there to make it more interesting. I, I, I just think like, okay, regardless of that, don't, I don't want people thinking yeah. I'm a conspiracy theorist, but regardless, <laughs> I just think like that was that was the whole narrative. That was the whole thing. Like that's why Zion is there and it is bad for the NBA for only a couple of markets to be relevant all the time, like generationally. And you do need smaller markets to keep things interesting, to be in the conversation of winning a championship. Like what makes when the league is at its best, there are multiple teams that have realistic shots at the championship like that is when the NBA is at its best and anything that counters that is bad for the league I think the media jumps on it for several reasons one a lot of them are based in New York two they have to talk about NBA basketball five days a week Mm -hmm. and they and year round so it's like they need stuff to cling on to and discuss so like when you're talking about brian windhorse does like a whole podcast about it and it's like he kind of has to yeah because like, i mean what it's else? a subject on my pod yeah it's a subject here but it's like it's just they they need something to to talk about the nba is a soap opera um i agree a thousand percent um the only thing is i think there's probably i guess some debate about you know, are they willing to tank another market? Like, does the, would the NBA actually be upset if someone like Zion was in New York City uh, playing for the Knicks, even if it had to like? No, but what happens to the Pelicans? Yeah, and, and exactly. Like, you know, and this goes sell them to Vegas, the Vegas Pelicans. Maybe, maybe, <laughs> but yeah, the, the, that goes to me. You know, back to like you know picks and what they're worth, and like what's your culture? You know, can you keep a player? And I think that's 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 made harder with this type of thing because mm-hmm. I, I think new Orleans, the clock shouldn't start now for them. I think mm-hmm. they're trying to have good players. There's lots of stuff going on there. Um, yeah. Uh, where, where are you at with this type of thing? Vong? Do you like, you know, I don't know if you remember am, the Gordon Hayward thing way back when, like this type I of, do, yeah. I do. And actually, you know, the Utah jazz are a great example um, of a small market team that has been successful outside of the Gordon Hayward situation, but you know, with, uh, with keeping their star players in the past with Stockton mm-hmm. alone, they're also, you know, they're a small market and they're number one in the NBA right now. And yep. so I actually, I have no sympathy for New Orleans at all because (laughs) like they mismanaged Anthony Davis's career so poorly for eight years or however long. Mm -hmm. I like, I'm like, yo, dude, you know what? Get out of there. You've given them the best years of your early life playing MVP caliber. That's fair. I'm like, you know what? Maybe if you were number one, like Utah is like Anthony Davis wouldn't leave. I just have no sympathy for small market teams that are just awful over and over and over because right now we can see, you know, um, like I said, with the Utah Jazz, with, you know, with with Portland, with the Milwaukee Bucks, Mm -hmm. if you're good and you have good management, you can keep people in. So I have no sympathy for the New Orleans Pelicans at all. I think they got got what they deserved because they mismanaged Anthony Davis's career and he's a generational 
talent. He was like the best draft pick since LeBron James. And you can't even help the dude get out of the first round. Come on, give me a break. Like, look, look what happened when he finally got a, a you know, a, got to play with somebody who was good. He won a freaking championship. And he wasn't just riding LeBron's coattails. He was like co-starring. So, you know what? And then also, I will say, not only is it not damaging, um, and I think it's even beyond, you know, just fun conversation. I think these types of conversations help propel the league. I think storylines are what makes the league. It 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 helps um, push the the product out to um, to the news outlets. And there's this whole economy of podcasters, YouTubers that get to talk about this without free agency, without all of these different kind of things. You know, it it wouldn't happen. So yeah, for me, I'm just like, you know what? There's just way too many. Um, examples even currently where um you know there are top teams that are in small markets who were able to resign their players and yeah i i just think i just have this pet peeve with uh with new orleans because i just i was just like when you get a generation generational talent like that or when lebron left cleveland the first time oh my goodness mm -hmm. like mm -hmm. you know the best sidekick you can give him was like what well, Mo Williams? Oh, give me a break! Mm -hmm. Give me yeah, a break! Anton Jameson and like Shaq, Larry Hughes. Mm -hmm. Yeah, um, but Vong, know. I must say that is an absolutely wonderful counter. Uh, <laughs> I think you made a lot of good points. Um, you know, I'll even throw in uh, Phoenix, right? Yeah. They've um, re-signed Booker, uh, and uh, you know, Aiden is coming along, and they made an aggressive play to trade for Chris Paul. And it's really, really paid off. Uh, and that's another yeah. small I mean, market. I, I kind of meant so, like, I feel fair. more, I feel bad for the fans in those markets uh, is more what I was saying, but I agree with you in terms of the franchises, but I do feel bad for the fans in those markets. Yeah. I guess for me, I just feel like the, the biggest markets already have so like I have such an advantage that, you know, the, the New York Knicks being like, okay, for about like half of a season means that they now have ESPN and all the major markets working mm -hmm. hard to get the next big superstar there. And it's like, man, that's a like, that's a pretty extra level I don't know, like thing that you have, but also, you know, it's never New York, New York city is never going to be the same as Salt Lake city. So that's yeah. just like it is what it is. And I think you made a good point too, as far as propelling league wide conversation, because you know, yeah. there's a transactional element that people really enjoy to talk about and, you know, kind of hypothesize. And, um, and, and again, there's enough examples right now of teams that are, are doing their own thing and they're pretty damn successful. So fair enough. Uh, and, and I think like Catherine said before, <clears throat> you know, the best time, for a league is when there's multiple contenders. And I definitely think we're in one of those times. I think, mm -hmm. you know, we're, we're still in a post warriors world where, um, yeah, there's, it, I mean, I know the Brooklyn nets have the, the three superstars, but, uh, just, I keep saying yeah. it, just wait for Utah jazz to win this year's NBA championship and have everyone tell them how much it doesn't count because Kevin Durant is injured. Just watch. Oh my god. <laughs> oh my god. That, that is like oddly uh, so specific and very likely. Uh, yeah, yeah, you know, I just I uh. have to jump in on that because <laughs> I'm so okay. So obviously I'm I'm a huge Raptors fan and that whole thing, like not only with the Kevin Durant injury, but also the whole thing where basically the reporting That's why I say it. Yeah, like the whole reporting went that like Kawhi came and carried like a sad sack of losers to the championship. Yeah. Like it pissed me off so bad. Wasn't but true. Mm -hmm. the the media I hate the most are the Golden State media because I, you know, I more follow players than teams. So I'm like a huge um, fan of LeBron James. And for the Golden State Warriors of all teams to be complaining that one of their players are injured when their first championship they beat like LeBron James without Kyrie and without Kevin Love. And in mm -hmm. every single round of the playoffs that year, the team they played had an injured point guard that didn't play the whole series. So like they have had more luck than anybody in the history of championships. That was honestly the luckiest championship I've ever seen in my whole life. I've never seen a team <laughs> play injured team after injured team after injured team. And LeBron 
Now that was a team of like somebody carrying the half dead carcass of a team to almost a championship. He still got them to six games. So honestly, Golden State, boohoo. You brought back one of your players too early, um, tried to fake out the league that it was a calf strain when everybody knew it was friggin' an Achilles injury. And you put the player's career at risk. And those fans trying to be like, boohoo, we are missing a player. Yeah, where were you when like, uh, uh, when Kyrie and Kevin Love were out. Like, no sympathy. No sympathy for Golden State. I'm so happy what's happening with them last year and this year. I just don't even care about that team. Okay, Bong, I, I must say, I love, I, I love so much that I've discovered, I'm like, okay, next time I have you on, I know how to get you riled up. New Orleans or Golden State? Either, it's like we're good to go. Um, okay, Vong, let, let's stick with you, though, just for the last question. Um so this is going to be uh, the first like actual dynamic of the play-in this year. Mm-hmm. Uh, last year, the play-in um, was introduced, but it was such a weird thing because eight yeah. teams were left out of the bubble. Now it's going to be a thing where teams 10, 9, 8, and 7, regardless, um, participate. Uh, so, yeah, just, I don't know, uh, out of all those, uh, I, I can, you know, I uh, give you a standings rundown uh, if you, if you need or whatever, but I mean, there's a lot of fluidity, so there's still a lot of potential. Um, yeah, in either conference, just give me one game. Yeah, uh, what I'll, is a potential game the most exciting for you? Um, I'll 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 go to the Western Conference, and I'm gonna say I think the teams in seven and ten right now is uh, is Dallas and Golden State, and I want to see Luca versus Steph, just to show once again Steph Curry failing in the playoffs because he he, he keeps <laughs> oh, winning. <laughs> His finals, like, there's a reason why he never got finals MVP and he didn't deserve it. His shot goes cold in the playoffs, in the biggest games, in game sevens. So I want to see him go up against a real stud like Luca and have Luca run his ass over when Steph doesn't have, like, an overpowered team. That's what uh, I, want I love see. this. Okay, new thing that I know can, can rally you up, Steph Curry. <laughs> um, okay, that's a great answer, though. Like, like, like yeah, exactly. I, I think we're about to see how this all plays out and yeah, a one game, like a one-off game between mm-hmm. Dallas and golden state. I think there is an aspect of if the losing team wins, they have to play again, but regardless, it's going to have like a one and done kind of March madnessy feel. Mm-hmm. And yeah, those two teams, that would just be like a wildly fun offensive, uh, offensive game. I think, um, yeah. yeah, Catherine, what's one, one potential game you'd love to see. I mean, I think all four teams in the West are more exciting than all four teams in the East when it comes to the very fair by a pretty significant margin. Like we're talking like I'm just pulling it up now. So so in the West, seventh, eighth, ninth, tenth, Mavericks, Grizzlies, Warriors, Spurs versus Heat, Hornets, Pacers and currently Bulls. I mean, it just doesn't even come close. Like every matchup in the West is so much more exciting. Even if it's like, even if it's Grizzlies Warriors, I'm looking forward to that. If it's Maverick Spurs, like that's exciting. Like the Eastern Conference play-in is so sad. And I actually think like whoever gets the Hornets could actually have a really good shot at knocking them off. And I do think one of the ninth or 10th teams in the East will end up in the playoffs. Ooh, I like that. Uh, yeah, but yeah, I'm looking I'm, forward to just the West generally. Like, I don't yeah, even look, know if I'll tune into the first round of the Eastern Conference playoffs. If I'm being um, totally honest, I, I, I love that. I'll I'll watch all the games. Um, I mean, I'll but, watch. I'll watch. I'm just being a dick, but yeah. No, I love it. The, the Western one. I mean, like, yeah, looking at it, it's like, oh my god, it's not even really. And I, like the one I was kind of thinking about. I guess there was a bit of. I don't know, like assuming things could still go a bunch of ways here. Um, but the one I was like hoping for was actually Spurs Warriors. Um, just because I think that both teams are kind of like have a lot of like weird, funky players that have been stripped down. Like they just, they're not operating. They're not, they're not what they're not what they were, but they also have this like storied history. Um, and, uh, yeah, I'd like to see pop and Kerr go at it for like one game. I think could be kind of fun. Um, yeah. Uh, I think though, 
Dallas Golden State would probably be the most exciting. I didn't for some reason I was thinking that Dallas might still push their way to the six, but I guess that Portland lead is kind of big. Um okay. You know what? Let's uh let's wrap this baby up with some quickish questions. Mm. Uh what do you buddies say? Shall we do some quickish questions? Hell sure yeah. Yarp. <laughs> Maddie, please give me that quickish questions. Sting. Hello. Uh, Quickish questions. Um, Catherine, you know how it works all too well. Matt, you know how it works all too well. Vong, just in case you don't know, I'm going to read these questions as clearly and concisely as possible. Uh, It's up to you to uh, answer as quickly as humanly possible. Mm. No stalling or delaying. Uh, or phoning a friend, Matt, um, you know, please just answer quickly. Uh, cool. I love Let's when we have a new uh, guest in for this. Cause then they'll quickly see that it's just a, such a mess. That you oh, it's, know. it's a hot mess. That's really how I should describe it. But, um, you know, I think part of me describing it is, is like the hot mess. Stew. Uh, so, you know, we're just getting stewy. Um, right. Okay. Let's, let's do this. Uh, Vaughn, Catherine, Matt. Uh, all right. Maddie hit me. Vaughn. Um, ask them, you, to name the last three teams who tanked for a top five pick and successfully won a championship. It's a bit of a hard oh. question to pull out of nowhere, but are there any teams that come to mind? Um, Spurs, when they got Tim Duncan. Mm-hmm. Um, Cleveland, when they got LeBron. Obviously, he had to come back yep. afterward. But yeah, that's correct, though. And, oh, shit. I can't, I can't think of a third. Those are the only two that come to my brain. Yeah, uh, 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 the, the, someone had kind of answered this question. Uh, Ned Petrie, friend of the pod, in a longer way. Hakeem Olajuwon was another uh, example. Mm-hmm. Houston Tank for him. Um, yeah, uh, bit of a hard, quickish question, but uh, you crushed <laughs> yeah, it. Yeah, that's a tough uh, one. Tough start. Trivia. Uh, <laughs> Catherine. Thank God I didn't get mm-hmm. that. Mm-hmm. Um, oh, wait, sorry. That one has to go to Matt. I'm oh so man, is it about um, Space Jam? You better believe it's about Space Jam, Matt, and <laughs> it's coming at you. Catherine, mm-hmm, if mm-hmm. you were given a shoe deal, mm-hmm. uh, who would you sign with and what would your signature shoe be called? Oh my God. Um, I would sign with Adidas because they're the most colorful. Cheers. And it would be called uh, Kit Kats. <laughs> <laughs> okay, I like that quite a bit. Don't really, just very girly about it. No, that's uh, that's wonderful. Um, Matt, biggest surprise cameo in the new Space Jam. <laughs> um, the ghost of Dom DeLuise. Very strange. <laughs> that would be very strange. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> <laughs> the ghost of Dom DeLuise. Cheers. Uh, long. <laughs> What's up with Gary Trent? Uh, with Gary Trent Jr. Uh, I feel like uh, I feel like he likes being a Raptor too much. He has really embraced it. What is he hiding? I feel like he's running away from an ex in Portland and... <laughs> This just gave him a reason to break up with some hoe okay. without having to say it. He's be like, oh, yeah, you know what? It's cross border. The border's closed. Sorry, girl. I can't see you no more. But really, he'd be like, bah, bitch. Wow. <laughs> wow, Trent Jr., full of secrets. Um, Catherine, mm-hmm. any good audiobook, uh, audiobook recommendations for Aaron Baines to help him kill time <laughs> while sitting on the bench? Burn. <laughs> Okay, so there, oh my God, this is so funny. There is a scripted podcast called Dirty Dancing, or sorry, Dirty Diana, and it stars Demi Moore, and it is about a bored housewife who starts her own pornographic website, but it's all about female fantasies, and it is... 
is a hot and steamy recommend. <laughs> I love so much that you took that joke of a question and you're like, guess what? I have a real reco. I hope you're listening, Aaron. But it would be um, pretty funny if Aaron Baines is on the bench listening to uh, Demi Moore. <laughs> oh, I'm sure he. I'm sure he would be. Um, yeah. Maddie. Yeah. In the new Space Jam. Oh, for fuck's sake. LeBron delivers probably <laughs> the greatest line in cinema history with, What in the Matrix hell? <laughs> give us your own reading of that line. You want me to give a reading of that line? That's right. Uh, 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 is it What in the whole Matrix hell? What in the. It's what in the Matrix hell? What in the Matrix hell? <clears throat> what in the Matrix hell? Oh my god. Okay, you gotta watch Space Jam. Um, Did you run out of breath? (laughs) I got a little lightheaded there, yeah. Is that what Space Jam does? I really gotta finish it. That was a bit scary. Uh, Okay, Vong. Um, I'm really liking what the Raptors roster looks like now for the next season. What type of player do you think the Raptors still need that we should try to acquire in the offseason and in the draft? I think we definitely still need a big man. Um, and I think, you know, getting a big man for not too much in the offseason is pretty easy, or we could get it in the draft for at that draft positioning because a young big man, you don't have to train too much before he's effective. Catherine. Mm-hmm. If we get number eight, who do you want it to be? Nets or Sixers? Ooh. This is gonna say, oh, I don't know. I don't know. They're both bad. Ooh. Okay, I'm gonna say I'm gonna say nuts because I think we're getting beat by both teams, and I don't want to get beat by the Sixers. I want to pretend we're still in Joel Embiid's head, even though that's yes, over. yes, great answer. Um, <laughs> uh, Matt. Yeah. What seed would the Raptors be in the playoffs if they had Valanciunas this year instead of Aaron Baines? Wow. Um, <laughs> whole year. I mean, I'm going to say... JV's having a big year, too. We, yeah, because we got big JV... Year. Oh, my God, over Baines. Would love that. I would say that the Raptors would be in eighth place. What? Okay, fair yeah. enough. Um, Fine. That's it. Yeah, that's Matt. You're, you know, you're still like, that's it. Hey, you know what? You're, 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 it's a tough season. So I don't know um, if JV's the answer to our problems. You know, I think he'd, he'd answer some, none of the defensive ones, but all the rebound, a lot of the rebounding ones. Okay. Um, let's, uh, that's it. Sorry. We mentioned the end of the pod. Um, thank you all (laughs) so much. Uh, this was a good one. Um, yeah, I don't, I don't know. Uh, thank you so much, everyone who listens and for sharing, subscribing, and uh, kind of like pushing the podcast. We've been, yeah, having a good time recently. Um, let me go to you first, Catherine. Uh, what's up? What are you doing? Uh, you know, or just like a message to the world is okay. Message to the world. Well, it's COVID time. So sometimes people are like, uh, I'm not doing anything, dude. Well, I still got my podcast going, uh, Buckets and Tea NBA Show. Episodes come out every Monday, so you can get that on Apple, Spotify. And uh, yeah, you know, you got I got things brewing that will hopefully be a thing, but you never know. Yeah. Uh, yeah I follow me. I post random things. You're a great follow. Thank you. <laughs> Everyone follow Catherine. Everyone listen to her podcast. Yeah. Click um, on her name. Click on her name in the show notes. Take you right where you need to go. We had a friend of the pod, uh, Matt McCready, one of my favorite basketball brains, mm-hmm. minds. Uh, I've listened to the pod yet, oh, we but had I a will. Messy, we had a messy episode, I have to Good. Say. You know, a nice, a nice hot mess of an episode. Sounds <laughs> yeah. like quickish questions. Yeah. yeah. Um, <laughs> Vong, what's up? Uh, you know, is there, uh, I mean, yeah, sorry, you're joining the Sonar Podcast Network. Mm-hmm. That's amazing. Um, yeah, so why don't you tell us about it? 
Yeah, so uh, I've got a podcast called Rice Asian Movies Podcast, where we we uh, review Asian-led films through the lens of representation, and then we uh, will debate a topic that we pluck out of the movie's themes. So, for instance, we reviewed Mortal Kombat, and we discussed the topic of um, depictions of violence in Eastern cinema versus Western cinema. So, you know, it's 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 really watching the movie, but then like pulling out the cultural themes. And yeah, so we launch officially today um on uh, on on um on the sonar network and we're just we're super excited yeah sweet well yeah, yeah. everyone check out that pod um you know g- give it a good review share it with your family um <laughs> damn right yeah. uh well thank you all um this was a good time uh maddie i guess if you feel like we're good to go uh Please, sir, just give me those sweet words. Okay. Okay. <laughs> this podcast has been brought to you by the Sonar Network.